we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. The vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because much as I like to talk a lot, and, and I do talk a lot, I got too much. So I'm basically divvying out to everybody tonight. Whoopie-ding. Hmm. Part of this is to follow through the old adage, sometimes a journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. Over there, you can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. Good to have you guys with us. Hi. Yeah, things are... Things are a little bit of an annoyance on the technological side, but you know what? It It is what it is, and we're here, and that's the important part. So... Let's go ahead and uh, introduce everybody around the board, starting at the top left-hand corner of North America. Dallin, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, you'll notice I did not go looking up any uh, any new city names just yet. I'm com- I'm composing a a group listing of of them, so uh, I'm I'm gonna get you. It's just <laughs> not tonight. You know, I'm reading a story series right now that involves. An ancient elder artifact, artificial intelligence, with incredible space-time-altering powers. The ultimate Deus Ex Machina, and they call him Skippy. <laughs> and you remind me of him, you know. And, and here I was just smart ass. I was just waiting for you to go ahead and say, all we know is he's called the Stig, but that's. They're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm foreshadowing to something. Uh, I'm foreshadowing to something. All right, all right. From the Midwest, the U.S., Bridget, <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Just a little bit off to the right into Ohio. Joey, good morning. You've got that, uh, you've got that decided lack of audio thing going it, again there, Scotty. Uh, darn it. Uh, apparently, I unmute myself, and then my cord gets cut caught on the damn wheel of the chair, so... Then he has to mute himself to prevent the flow of expletives from... No, no, the uh, the cord simply got caught, and when I went to lean back up to just talk, uh, yeah, I apparently hit the button again on the side of the chair. <coughs> Still sick. Yeah, we'll see how long you last then at this rate. Well, sick, but not sounding dead. No. That's Do, true. Doing better. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's a low bar right there, man. And from she turned me into a newt. Back over the pond, over to Paris, France. Welcome back, Joseph. Good to have you. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, sorry, today? I've been missing out for the past few weeks. No, I think a bit hellish. Okay. Yeah, we kind of figured things were a little on the on the nut side for you. I was going to get in touch with you to find out if you didn't make it tonight. You know, if but, you're okay. But the question is, which nut? <laughs> I'm going to go with macadamia. Okay. Mainly because oh, that's the, my favorite. Well, I, 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 I I'm thinking <clears throat> animaniacs, so you know, I've, it's got a soft spot in my heart. See, there's a silver lining to everything. It, uh, I'm be honest. Yeah the uh, the silver lining isn't the problem. It's that strontium ninety on the inside of it all that's really the problem. So mm. why aren't we a yeah. pessimist? Uh, no, actually, uh, part-time chemist, uh, part-time physicist, uh, all-time uh, dick. Professionally, mm. professionally, there's a, there's a thing. 
That's the thing. So all right. thank you all for being with us. Uh, did hear from Unrenowned Tech just a little bit before we went to air. He needs uh, he needs some sleep. And considering he ain't no beauty, you go right ahead and you 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 just go ahead and keep asleep. <laughs> However, the piece I was alluding to before I go ahead and, and get to everything, um, I ha- I have to thank Dallin for doing a very quick turnaround on the last episode because I was listening to us again because I'm vain that way. You know how you have a, a moment where it's like. You know, damn. There's. I, I had this. Sorry, that's my. That's my fan. Uh, you had this sudden moment where it's just like, ah, oh, I had the perfect comeback. Three days later, okay, six days later in my case this time. And he, I'm listening to it, and I, I wrote it down for myself. He had mentioned about how uh, he didn't think that Trump knew how to drive a car, and I had realized as I was driving earlier, and I was listening to this. Uh, Maybe he only knows how to turn to the right. You know, <laughs> every third right. And for those of you that are fans of good quality British TV with original presenters, you know what I just made reference to. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. It was a good as, joke. Uh, no, as the chimney sweep once said, you know, there's nothing like a good joke. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Okay. Am I supposed yeah, it's just to... a little cringy as all? Okay. I, I, I was thinking maybe I had to start singing "I Love to Laugh," but that was Uncle Albert. That's a that's a whole other. Wow. I love the singer. No, nope. the singer nope. and the Juno. Nope. It's, it's different. It's, it's different, Uncle Albert. Yeah, I don't even know. Where... Anyway. So, of course, as always, everybody, thank you very much for uh, joining us and having fun. If you'd like to join us over here on the live chat over here, please feel free to. Take advantage of that while we're doing our thing. Tripping high. It, it right now that's that's about all that we got over there, and that's okay. It's more something, than just us tonight, so that's good. Something you have to remember about me. Um I very much run on RAM. Of course, for in my case, random access memory doesn't really mean what you think it means. I'll take that as what it is. My brain, my brain just goes to weird places. Okay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we we've noticed. Yeah, we know. And Ryan just joined. Thank you. Uh, one last thing before I go ahead and uh, jump into uh, the the start for tonight's show, I am I am drinking the last of the wine from last week in a, uh, a ceramic flagon. I and I know that it's a flagon because it has a molded dragon on it. So, so it's my a dragon flagon. flagon. It's, it's, a, it's a flagon of the dragon, dragon. <laughs> which has got the brew. This is true. Those of you that get that reference, I love you, my people. Uh, <laughs> now, the, the reason why I'm drinking this specifically like this is because I am not Sicilian. So collectively from all of us, and I'm pretty sure I speak on behalf of everybody here at HCTV, Hollywood, don't you dare, don't you dare desecrate the Princess Bride with a redo. It's not necessary, it's not asked for, and the internet has already spoken. 
Don't make me to fly to France, dig up Angry the Giant, come back to Hollywood, and bash somebody over the head with his femur. Bridget, that that's, would be a fatal femur. Yes. Bridget, the, the femur is the, the strongest bone in the body, if I remember correctly, right? I don't know. There's some people that I think are boneheads that their heads are probably stronger than femurs. Yeah, well, okay. We're not talking about thick heads here. <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically speaking, from a structural standpoint, teeth are stronger than... Yes, but the idea of bashing somebody in Hollywood over the head with a sock full of teeth, under the Giants notwithstanding, I think a, uh, I'm pretty sure that a female would be... Beating them over the head probably be worse than beating them with a head of teeth, yeah. Well, now you see, just thinking out loud here. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily hitting them over the head with a bag of teeth. So I'm kind of leaning towards... So help me, you say a bag of dicks, uh, you're done. No. Good. I was actually thinking buckshot. Hmm. No, no, no. You're doing it all wrong. You get a sock, you get a frozen orange, you thaw out the orange, so just the outer layer of it, nice and soft. And you go ahead, put that in the sock, and then you beat them. See, that way it doesn't leave any bruises. No, no. No, if we're going to do this, let's do this right. We'll get a sock. We will fill it full of Canadian pennies because they're untraceable now. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Yep. I'm going with that one. Scotiabank, talk to me. You can you can get in touch with me over here. 1300 down what Avenue, Buffalo, New York, 14222. Anyway. Uh, considering... Yeah, I know those guys quite well. Uh, I could hook you up. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say something that I really shouldn't say on the internet. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what I'll do instead? I'll get a bunch of toonies. I'll freeze them. I'll palp out the center. And I'll stick somebody's head through it. Ooh, that's kind of brutal. Yeah, in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening from the year 3025, uh, when when I say, when I when I make the statement that uh, Shushan Tribble is very passionate about the movie The Princess Bride, I cannot overstate this comment, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I, I uh, over the years, I have told people at the end of a DJ set, if you don't, if if you believed in true love for even five seconds, if you don't have the movie, find it in the $5 bin and take it home. And if you don't love the movie, I will buy it back. No questions asked. I have had one person in particular who went ahead and did it out of spite, bought it and watched it to tell me. I asked them, so where do I have to send the money? And their response was in all capital letters with three exclamation points, mine. No. Now, what he said was to bluff, which is to gamble. That's definitely not a good thing. Nope. And it's a whole other thing. So it's inconceivable. Okay. 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 Dallin, uh, that was much less, um, that was much less, uh, Zinni. And much more Daffy Duck, so you're off the you're off the squad now. 
So. <laughs> Ouch. You're despicable. And you need to dry out your pop filter now. <laughs> so anyway. Not so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to run in this thing. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, for uh, I'm, I'm laughing because one of the easiest ways of making a pop filter, for those of you that are looking to DIY this stuff, is to get a hoop spreader for cross-stitch and get some old pantyhose and stretch it across it and then just leave it together uh, like that. And that is mm-hmm. a homemade pop filter. For if you have any left over from your last bank robbery. Yeah, and not to or mention... Or an ex-wife. Yeah, yeah it, in my case, it, it was all well and good until I realized that fishnets don't work that well. So, yeah. <laughs> it looked cool. The sexier. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, if Yeah, if you're getting boners over pop filters, uh, you know what? I am not one normally to kick shame, but what you do you. <laughs> And I do quite frequently, so thank you. Yes, I'm 50, but I'm not dead. You're welcome. So let's go ahead and get everything started over here, because uh, I think the sooner I do this, the the better we will be. So with uh, five minutes on my clock, yes, I know, I still have to get a video or something to put into the bottom, so I've got that to go with. the format. I know, I know, I'm working on it. Your five-minute freestyle starts right now free as a bir- I uh my first show my first DJ show for the season was Wednesday you know my I enjoy doing it I really do I've been doing the DJ set for it it's now starting into my 11th season and I kind of challenged myself because it was the 80s set I normally do stuff from 1975 1995 plus covers and remakes and and you get the idea and I finished the set with 1995 as I should with Free as a Bird the Beatles and it was a great great way to end the whole damn thing because it gave everybody the opportunity of remembering you know even if we didn't have John anymore there was still a little piece that had been left over that we just didn't know about ahead of time. And it, it was great because everybody was just like, Oh yeah, that's right. The Beatles, they still had a, they still had a single, which was, which was great. And that's kind of the impetus for why I wanted to talk about the word free because it reminded me also of discussions that I had with some folks just this week. Yet again, people not understanding the idea of free when it comes to speech, free speech. You want to go ahead and you want to say whatever the hell it is that you want to say, you're welcome to it. You want to have your ideas about whatever it is that you want to have an idea about, you're welcome to them, man. Not a worry. But When you start to throw around a term that has an actual, proper definition, and you're using it wrong, we're going to have issues. For example, I had somebody that is a self-admitted, please understand, I'm saying this very specifically, self-admitted part-time troll in Second Life. 
some of the stuff that they have done was, let's just go ahead to say, um, let's say antisocial. I know there's a lot of wiggle room on that one. There's, there's a lot of gray line on there, but just humor me a minute. And I tried to be nice about it. I tried to be helpful. And they wanted to basically say they wanted to have their speech free. Well, they then went on and qualified it without saying it as such as consequence free speech. They ended up using terms like deplatformed, which, as soon as these three terms get put together, free speech deplatformed, I kind of already know where this is going. And I know it sucks to, like, perjure yourself, uh, prejudice yourself about a conversation, but, you know, as we keep saying, there is a stereotype for a reason. Well, they wanted to go ahead, they wanted to have whatever stuff it was, they wanted to be a troll about stuff, and they just wanted to do their thing and not have to pay any social consequence for it. Well, they, they, they did, and they have to, because that's kind of the way that it works. And if you don't like it, well, um, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. But they didn't like that. I didn't say that. I was nicer about it than that. But they still wanted to have that. And they're not the only ones who still think that way, no matter what they want to say about it. I am proud to say that I am part of the furry fandom. Normally this would be kind of a, wait, what has this got to do with anything? Here is what it's got to do with. My, my Greek is really bad, but I'm pretty sure I can properly spit out Milo Yiannopoulos, who wants to have whatever speech he wants to say. He wants to have completely consequence-free anything that he wants to troll on. And he is a professional troll, although he has been, as he said it, deplatformed in so many ways, which basically means that all of these groups that he was playing in their house, yet yeah, they told him to leave the house. And Milo was told, oh, so you've signed up for uh, a furry con, huh? We don't want you. Get out. And he is not going. He has been refunded. His acceptance to be able to be there, his ticket, has been rescinded. And he has been told publicly he is not welcome this year or any other to a fur con, a fur con at least one of them that he tried to get into. So, you want it to be free? Congratulations. You got exactly what you wanted. Because everybody else's free speech is free too. But the only one that seems to be paying for it is you. Episode 279 on the docket, Barbary, for 300, please. There's too damn much stuff this week that's been going on. And again, I don't want to talk about my country. There's enough stuff going on. BBC is covering it. It 
NPR is covering it. FOX is covering it. CNBC <coughs> is covering. You know what? I, I don't. I don't. I, this this too much. This too damn much. And I really don't want to be dealing with it. So I figured. I know next week is a Power of Ten episode, and we can go ahead and spew whatever the hell we want. But I just wanted to kind of softball stuff and just say, let's just let's just talk. Let's just kibitz. Guys in the live chat might have something that they want us to kind of espouse on, and we'll kind of work it from there and see where it takes us. I did go looking. Unfortunately, as usual, there is no new news for Reef Badawi's condition, and again, is what it is because it is what it is. So as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been seven years, three months, ten days, since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes, our hopes, our thoughts are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. And, um... Yeah, you know, I keep I keep looking at the information that I've got, because I've, I've, I've got a text file with all the information about each show, and I've got a section specifically about Rafe, and, and I just keep updating it. And, you know, I, I just looked it over again. He was originally sentenced to a thousand lashes. Last I remembered, only 50 so far, because it was going to kill him otherwise. Still might, but a decade in prison. Well, um, he's, uh, he's steadily getting to the end of that as much as it hurts and as much as we really don't want him to be there. The last I remembered is that he's not doing real happy. He is not doing real good. He's thin. His spirit is really, really hard-pressed. And I can't say as I blame him. But, um... We still wait. And we still put pressure where we can. And... We will keep the attention. We don't believe in the whole thoughts and prayers thing, but you're still in our attention. Very, very, very much so. So we'll do what we can as we can. So with that, we're here. We're ready to do our thing. Stephanie's back. Good morning. And, like I said, I'm... I'm very much overwhelmed with way too much stuff that's been going on in the news. I don't like it. I don't want to be talking about it all. And... I figured what better opportunity to just kind of open it up and mention about stuff. Uh, I will, however, say that in the show notes, I did make a reference to Al Jolson. There's a reason for it. You guys up north of the border know, even if you don't know. Oh, we know. Yeah. We know. Yeah. And... A lot of people are just wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. So the long and short of it is pictures have surfaced from 2001 that Justin Turo, Trudeau, I can talk tonight. I really can, uh, was apparently at a costumed party where he was dressed as, I guess, the equivalent of the Sultan from Aladdin and he intentionally darkened his skin a la blackface. 
Now, here's the problem. Justin, overall, is a good guy. Overall. He don't get 100% from anybody. And no politician should. But when all is said and done, as some people have said, I would much rather take Justin's failed promises than some other's actual promises to be kept. So keep that in mind. And now we've got to deal with the whole, well, how do you deal with this? Because nobody wants to be a hypocrite. But crap, if you take him out of the equation entirely, there's not good. There's a lot of not good that's liable to have happen. So I put I put the uh, I put the reference to Al Jolson in there specifically because he did perform in blackface in the 20s. But he was doing it at a time and a place where he was using it to bring the you know I, I I'm I haven't done this in a long time. And I need to preface it by saying this was the terminology at the time. He was bringing the Negro culture to the white people in the 20s. Now, I say it that way because that's the way it was, it was portrayed. That's the way it was explained. And for anyone that wants to give me shit about it, the people who got boosted because he was bringing over that cross-culture included the greats such as Count Basie, one of the biggest names in jazz. And, you know, the, the people of color at the time supported him. They liked what he did. They appreciated what he did. And he went to bat to make sure that the minorities in the music industry, in the entertainment business, in his wheelhouse, were out there getting the respect that they deserved, getting the money that they deserved, getting the billing, getting the gigs. So when he died, there were a very large number of the African-American culture people's in the entertainment business and otherwise who came out specifically for him to send him off. They saw what he did for what it was worth. And it was to the betterment of all culture when all was said and done. And he was born in, in, Oh God, I forget exactly where it was somewhere in the Russian Federation at the time. He was born in 1888. Shit, I forget what year it was. Anyway, so, you know, he ended up using it for a good purpose. Just like we say with, you know, guns, it's a tool, it's how you use it. He used it in a time and a place where he could actually get some good out of it. Hence the reason why this whole damn thing with Mr. Trudeau is a big old... You know, if it was your dad, we wouldn't have any problem with punching him in the face. But it's not. 
and things have certainly changed since 2001 for him and the way that he's comported himself. Now I'll shut up because Dallin, you're, you're the guy who knows a hell of a lot more about this than I do because, well, you know, you're kind of up there with it all. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm actually looking for. Sorry. Uh, I can't remember. No, I can't remember which movie it was. Um, just turn off that fan and be just be done with it. I'm going to bring up two actors who worked quite a bit together in the 80s. Two people that um, I think everybody on this panel would uh, agree to know and love. Richard Pryor and Eugene Wilder. <laughs> they had done a few movies together, as I recall. Yep. <clears throat> and I remember one movie. I, I was I couldn't I can't remember the name of it. But there was a scene in the movie where uh, Eugene Wilder had to put uh, shoe polish on his face so that he could basically hide who he was. Uh, also try to learn how to dance, which the whole thing was comedy. Uh, I'm thinking that might've been silver streak. I think you're right. Um, hold on. If it was one of them was supposed to have been blind. That was Richard Pryor. The other one was supposed to have been deaf. And that was Gene Wilder. And they were supposed to be trying to help each other, which. Oh my God. Am, am, here I, thinking, am I, was, I thinking of the right one? You are indeed thinking of the right one. Although, um, one for me. Uh, this this came out uh, about three years ago. Uh, it's just an article I found from the LA Times, which you know, t- take it with a heart attack inducing grain of salt. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, remembering Gene Wilder in not quite defensive Silver Streak, and they actually went exactly where I thought they were going to go. He did a he did a blackface bit. Yeah, the only, okay, I'm speaking as a moderate here. And by moderate, I mean a lot of the stuff I'm seeing these days, a lot of the things that people are going absolutely batshit crazy about, to me feels like a nothing burger. I'm sorry. You know what? Hate me if you want. I don't care. And I and a whole lot of other people who possess a whole lot of votes I think it the same way. The only reason Trudeau is, this is even being brought up, is because it's been brought up with other people. There has, no, there have been people who have looked at the blackface and then it's like, oh, it's all offensive and you're a racist, you're this, you're that. And because of something you did 25 years ago, you should not even have the right to exist as a human being. And now that one of the icons of that particular culture has now been found guilty of the same crime in the eyes of that extremist group. Now the tribalism is starting to settle in because like you said, they don't know what to do because, well, if we don't treat him the same way as we treat everybody else, then all of our screams and cries of equality are going to go out the window. But as you said, if we do punish him, Hey, look, 
I've seen the other two potential candidates for the for the upcoming federal election. I'm worried. Yeah, that's, that's, spe- that's and speaking from the province that I live in, one of them wants to destroy our economy. And yeah, that, that's uh, Jagmeet Singh. He he has actually said he wants to end the Canadian oil business permanently. Racism is a great way of distracting people from those. Oh, hell yes. It, it's it's one of the greatest appeals to emotion that you can get these days. But it's also the less rational. Um, uh, okay. Racism makes no sense. Yeah. Um, if one cares to look at it for <laughs> longer than a nanosecond. But did Trudeau, did he apologize for this? Oh, he's been apologizing and beating himself up, and he, he's gone through all of the uh, the ten steps of st- of self loathing that um, is expected. Even though, according to this particular um, non theistic church of extremism, there is no forgiveness. You, you are damned for the rest of eternity, and your son, your your children will also be damned. I, I hint back to a race car driver who so had to can... step down because his father had said something prior to his death many, many years ago. And the son bore the sin of that father. Well, I can go back again to my survival by imitation. <clears throat> that can only hold true for... Um, that can only make any sense to a population that doesn't that isn't rational who behaves emotionally because i mean anybody you know if you do a fault you learn from your mistake and you become a better person for anybody rational one would exactly admitting your mistake um and having a, a genuine understanding that it was in uh bad taste or bad faith or whatever you did you know that's 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 almost 100% forgiven in my books anyways. Well, and this is where your book and many other books differ because we're, we're the kind of people that, okay, you know what? Yeah. You goofed. You admit you goofed. Okay. Let's move on. But there are a lot of people that refuse to do that for whatever reason. It's like, Oh no, no, you, you did it once thou art forever condemned. Isn't it funny how absolutes always enter into the, into play. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a always done. Yeah, there's and a, how can they how can they say there's no forgiveness uh, for this kind of thing? Well, how how do they maintain a following then? That would basically mean that anybody who had ever quote unquote sinned is condemned to hell, which is entirely possible in some particular yeah, ideologies. Carrot stick. Yeah, what I was going to say though was that. Um, is, isn't there an expression, and, and I forget where I'm remembering it from, the, the, and I'm paraphrasing just a little bit, there can, be, there can be no justice where laws are absolute. I, I hate to say it, but I might actually be quoting Captain Picard again and not even realizing it. Well, no, actually, shit. <laughs> I am. It's one of the it's one of the early episodes that had Wesley ready for the death penalty. Oy vey. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Harkening back to what we talked about last night, that was back when there was actually 
well-written TV. So, you know what? That's fine. You know, that, not but, every great quote has to come from a freaking philosopher. No, and truth be told, it is a very good ideal. Mm. What is an absolute law, though? Okay, here's a good one. Um, Bridget, here's, uh, here's a question for you. Should someone be put on trial for assault for stabbing someone? Uh, yeah. What if they have a degree from a medical university that says, yes, you are a surgeon? Surgeons still should not be stabbing people. And if you're a surgeon and you can stab somebody, I would think you would get more in trouble than if you were just a layperson that would stab somebody. Because you have a pretty good idea where to aim the knife. But a, but a, <laughs> but a, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. But a stab means that you are taking a pointy, sharp object, inserting it into a body, and one would expect probably cutting it open in some fashion. That's different than using a scalpel, though. Yes, it is. Because it's all about If you're using a scalpel, you have consent. That's what those little forms are about. Well, yes, one would, one would expect so. But mm, there is, therein is the, the piece that I'm talking about, though. Intent. Exactly. That you could argue if you are sh- uh, I'm not going to use that expression if if Enough. if you're you you know what if the croc fits sure if you were a shyster enough lawyer you could conceivably argue that stabbing someone with a knife is analogous or on par with using a scalpel on someone it would be a really hard stretch really really tough but there could be enough an analog to make a temporary case up till the point where the judge goes really you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna try this one why so the point is how can you have an absolute law it all depends on how you want to present the information. Remember, facts don't lie. How you present them can be spun in a whole bunch of different ways, though. Hmm. What selective fact is lying to? That now if you had a surgeon who assaulted somebody with the knife, then I would think that would be worse than just a, a regular person doing that uh, in the same way that if you know martial arts and you kill somebody, then you get in a whole lot more trouble than if you just accidentally kill somebody. Now, th- there is something about that because I knew a guy uh, in university who was a black belt. Don't we all know a guy? Uh, okay, look, this is purely anecdotal, but from what I understood, it's okay. Um, I think... He actually had, because he was uh, a martial, like he was a black belt, a martial arts master mm-hmm. in karate. He actually had to register himself. And if anybody came at him, uh, he was actually obligated to say, okay, look, pal, 
I'm a black belt. So what's about to happen to you? You've brought it on yourself. Now, again, I don't know entirely the, the, um, if that's true or not, but when it comes to somebody being a martial artist, there is, uh, I, it's almost like having to register a firearm. You actually have to register yourself as a weapon. I think, you know what? Let's see if I can find something about that. Okay. And, uh, Why? because I'd never want to be, I'd never, ever want to be accused of talking out of my ass. And what was mentioned over in the, over the chat also is, uh, Stephanie quite correctly. And yes, I was going to, I was going to mention that before you went ahead and you put it over there. A stab infers violence and malice. True. But again, it also comes down to the nuance part. You could leave that part out or spin it in a certain way. I mean, there are times where someone's life could be in danger. They're passed out. There's no way to get consent. But the only way to save their life would be to just go ahead, stab in, open the ribs, and get into a ticker that's uh, gone away or a broken aorta. No, that doesn't work because uh, you have your aorta burst. You're pretty well done, right? Yes, because that's what happened to Jack... uh, Jack, um, John Ritter. I was trying to call him Jack Trippin. I was like, no, that's the wrong name, man. Shit, it's been a long time since I thought about that one. But that's that's a that's an example case. That's a good one for your shyster lawyer because the shyster yeah. lawyer could take that angle and uh, and sue on it. Hmm. But anyways, yeah, it's it, context, it, you know. Yeah. It's yep. a claim. Maybe a, you know somebody making a claim. That's enough to get you into court. But once you're into court. You know, we depend on rationality to yeah, yeah, we do. analyze the context okay. and all that. And but um, with the present court system, um, and I do, I do have to um, recant myself a little bit on the subject of being registered as a lethal weapon in the United States of America. That is something that is not a law or legal requirement. So he could have been feeding me a ton of crap or whatever, but. um, Can you register your tongue as a lethal weapon? I could say where you would have to stab somebody if they were unconscious. Uh, If they had a tracheotomy. Well, or tracheotomy with a ballpoint pen. (laughs) Thank you. I I do. I do it. I do it. There's a, couple of, Stab him. Yeah, there, there's a couple of people who know exactly what we're talking about. And again, you're my people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, bless, um, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I had to use a bick to save someone's life this week. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and this goes to show that there, there is nuance, there is interpretation, there is precedent, and I, and I think that's the big one, it is precedent, because uh, how a lawyer plans to represent their client, be it on one side or the other, they always hearken back to, well, you know, back in 1963, in this particular court case, uh, the judge did this. So that means that my client, who's under the exact same circumstances, why am I talking like I'm a down south? I am sorry. Uh, you, you know, 
And so that's the other big thing is that the, the judge will be expected to follow um, previous judgments because a precedent has been set. Statistically. D- did you say Utes? I'm so, uh, again, there's some people who know where I'm going on that. If if I did, I apologize to the people. No, you, in, didn't, you didn't. You didn't say it. You didn't. Okay. Say it. It, I'm, I'm making um, a reference. Those of you that in Australia, it's a completely different thing than what we think of over here in, in the U.S. So. I know what you're talking about. Thank you. Yeah, and and Ryan, you're absolutely right. Uh, rationality does not always exist uh, in lawyers or judges, especially. And I actually have an anecdote for this one. My dad. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where, where does a head accountant, formal demolitions expert, and resistance fighter uh, fall into all of this? I'll tell you. For, for one year, my dad was district governor of, a, of the Lions Club. Uh, for, for his district, which involved a lot of the province of Manitoba and several states um, south of it. So he got to go around um, to go to all these different Lions clubs and see how they're doing, you know, have big conferences and wear the blue jacket of important people. Um, and you know what? Scoff all you want about the Lions club. These guys do good work. Uh, they are they are an organization that does an awful lot for charity, especially when it comes to um, disabled kids. My dad's personal project for his entire, for most of the tenure of his time at the Lions Club, was working on the program to help um, train guide dogs for the blind. As a matter of fact, he has a tree planted in his honor uh, at the Memorial Forest in Ontario. Haven't gone out to see it yet, but anyways. Down in the States... Down in the States... One of these days. Anyways, while he, while they were down in the States, he got into a car accident. He got his car got, I think rear-ended or something like that. 100% not at fault. However, the sheriff in that area was up for re-election. You see where I'm going with this? Completely. Now, my dad did not serve any jail time. He, no, 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 he, he didn't. Um, but because they had to mark the, the, they had to mark the right checkbox as to what will get me elected for next year. He did have to pay a fine. It was a small fine, but it was the principle of the thing. So what Ryan said that, you know, it's not always rational. It's not always, it's not always the way it should be. You're absolutely right. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And as I've said a thousand times before, it doesn't matter the socioeconomic model you think is going to work. The second you throw a human into it, that cake don't bake. And you have to, you got to take a little from this, a little from that. It's going to look like the tapestry from hell. And it'll work good enough. Provided it's maintained. (laughs) Which is, again, uh, maintenance, vigilance, 
education of it and knowledge of how to keep it up. This is what y'all need. And as we've said many times before, that's not exactly happening these days. Yeah, no, no, it's not. And that's disappointing to put it mildly. Yeah. But what did happen today, let me uh, call this up. Uh, Let me see here. Oh yeah. And for those of you that are listening after the fact, yeah, I, I, I did another bit yet again for, uh, for Dallin that I wrote. Hence the reason why you didn't hear it and good that you didn't hear it. Cause nobody really needs to hear me sing right now. Yeah. But I wanted to share this one, uh, just because, you know, we're looking for levity a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I know you're, I, I know you don't like talking about your country, but Look, you guys are giving us content here. You serve it up like a plate of sashimi. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <sighs> From Global News here in Canada. Uh, wait a minute. Are they one of the... I'm, I'm trying to remember who's who's the not... It. They're okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Uh, CBC is good. Uh who the hell am I thinking? Oh, I might be thinking of the sun in, uh, in Britain. Uh, yeah. And actually the sun here too, but that's another story entirely. No, uh, global news. They actually do, um, their, their news channel or well, not a news channel. They're, they're a TV station here, uh, all across the country. So you got global Calgary, global Edmonton, global Vancouver. Um, anyways, Area 51 stormers showed up and one hero did a perfect Naruto run. If you guys are into anime, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Now, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. So two million people were doing the gigantic, hell yeah, let's go storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. As we heard, and we were all, okay, some of us were, let's admit it, we were hoping for the Burt. We wanted to see the Burt, morbidly. Well, some of us, but anyway. Some of us. Well, approximately 1,500 people showed up. Which is a respectable, oh, yes, by the way, Stephanie is also saying, the sun is a joke, a sick joke, yes. Yeah. (laughs) 1,500 people showed up in Rachel, Nevada on Thursday. Police were expecting numbers to reach 30,000 by today. Um, I did hear something later today. 75 people made it to Area 51 to protest. They should have just invited the guys from Burning Man. That would have gone over great. Protest what? The fact that they were holding aliens against their will and that there were secrets there that there should not be any military secrets in America because reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one coming from dude. Piscataway, New Piscataway, New Jersey, right over that way. Yeah. I I know exactly where you're going. I'm that way is East for me, by the way. I'm sympathetic for the fact that, you know, of a town called Piscataway. Anyways, it's Jersey, um, man. Are you kidding me? (laughs) <laughs> Native American language. Yeah. So, oh yeah, here it is. 
Uh, more than 2 million users joined the original Facebook event to raid Area 51 in search of aliens over the summer. Their so-called battle plan was simple. Overwhelm the facility through sheer numbers and dodge bullets by executing a Naruto run. Yeah, basically comes down to uh, Zerg Rush. Yeah. Naruto run. Uh, it, it's, it, there's an anime called Naruto. It's about a, a kid who's who's training to be a ninja. And basically they... When they run, they run with their head sort of down and their arms checked by their side. You know, it, it looks like something out of a bad Power Rangers episode. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. As opposed to, you know, no, no, we're not, we're not going down that. We're not going down that rabbit hole. It's kind of the, the ministry of silly walks. But uh, for running. Kind yes, of. Ex- except this would be, this would be the high speed ministry of silly walks or the, or would it be the ministry of high speed silly walks? I do not know. Anyways. Well, city walks on Coke. Yeah, but but you see, this is funny. Oh, and five people got arrested. Grand scheme of things? Okay. So so one of the biggest internet memes of this year so far. turned out to be also be the single largest nothing burger with a side of fuck all fries and an absolutely nothing milkshake. I'm going to have to talk to the doc about that one. He, he gave me a good one for that, but... Yeah, it, it was just <laughs> See, this is this is indicative of meme culture at this point. And this is not something new, just the title for it of meme culture. We've we've heard for as long as we've been alive, bullies will not stand up to you if you stand up to them. Mm-hmm. This is basically if you were to flip that the other way around. Those people that want to go ahead and talk all big, generally speaking, they're not really ready to actually well, be there all big uh, when all said and done. To be fair. No, no, we're not going to do that one because did you run the numbers to find out what percentage actually showed up as compared to the two million that signed up so that they want to be there? No, I did not. It's an incredibly tiny percentage. It barely registers yeah. Anyways. My calculator went ahead and said, you know, you want to go ahead and just divide by zero. Just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the guy who started this whole thing, they actually caught up to him mm-hmm. long before this was going to happen. He, all he said was, it's just, it was, this was a joke. He says, look, if everybody wants to show up, you know, let, let's go to a bar. Let's check out the sites. Let's have a few beers. Let's have a party. But no, we're not going to bum rush a military installation. Are you freaking crazy? Well, you know, it's it's a great experiment. Yeah, but it, 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 it's an unintentional experiment. Agreed. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it just the no, fact you're... that people are more worried about things like this than actual, you know, uh, yeah, demonstrable. But... Existing economic problems and things like that. But, but everything is a distraction these days. You know, and, you want to. And, and uh, oh, I got it. I went off on somebody on Facebook this week too about it. Stephanie's um, right. Never underestimate stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, no planet ever lost its orbit underestimating the stupidity of some people. Um, anyways, 
No, I, I get into it with somebody this, this week, um, about the, like about the whole brown face and everything and, and, you know, what this could spell and everything. And I said, look, you know, I miss the days when we elected people based on their platforms, based on the mandate they're willing to pick up and run with. You know, pardon my poeticism here, but to be to have bestowed upon them the mantle of responsibility, a few people will get that so that they can better govern the country that they, that they are, you know, so that, so that they can actually, you know, aspire to the office for which they're running. Once upon a time, people had integrity. They had principles and they had the, they had separation of professional versus personal. When, Agreed. okay, and I've, I've, I've harped on this one before, Jack Layton, uh, former head of the NDP government here in Canada, or the NDP party. I just said New Democratic Party Party, whatever. It's okay. Uh, I, okay. To, to, to go with that one, uh, as a sideline, I will bring up uh, JFK on our side. I'll tell okay. you how that one goes, how these two go together. Yeah, so, so Jack Layton... I never liked him as a politician. Well, he didn't like you. So, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he didn't like me. Be, no, he didn't like me because my collar was blue enough. Well, I think he really didn't give you two thoughts. So, you know, whatever. Uh, he was Go very, ahead. no, he, he was about as far left as you could be during, you know, during his time. And he was the, uh, he was the head of the official opposition when Stephen Harper was in power. And I can just hear heretic woman right now rolling her eyes uh, because every time I talked about old, old Stevie boy, she had a thing or seven to say, Stephen baby face Harper. Yeah. I'm going to keep using that till the day he dies. Yeah. Anyway, um, going on. So Jack got hit with the C word cancer he passed away. He got a state funeral out of it, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because he wasn't, he wasn't a sitting prime minister, but Stephen signed off on it. He said that Leighton was the kind of guy that you could argue with him all day in, in parliament. You could have your, you could have screaming, shouting matches to the point where the speaker of the house would go, you know what? Just look, you two face each other and just go. Okay. Leave me the fuck out of this. <laughs> you know, it, it got heated. But in the end, Stephen said that Jack, this was the kind of guy that after a hard day of doing that, you could both go to the same bar, buy each other a drink and actually come away, I would dare say, as friends. With respect. There was that respect. There was statesmanship. And we've talked about that. Oh, God. So many damn times. It helped now, last week we ended up bringing it yeah. in, too. Now, could you see, for instance, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sitting down for with a beer or sitting down with a beer for, with, uh, with Trump? 
Okay, be- before before we hit that one, real quick. Mm-hmm. The reason why I brought um, JFK into the mix to to kind of go along with that one was he got blowback, a lot of blowback after he was elected because he was Roman Catholic. And the Baptists of the country, of which most of the presidents up until that point had pretty much fallen into that category, one way or another, they were concerned that the the office of President of the United States was going to be beholden to the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope. And he said in no uncertain terms, and I'm completely paraphrasing, I am president. I am not a Catholic when I'm in this room. Now, I'm I'm highly, highly paraphrasing that right now. But he basically... I'm not beholden to any Pope. Thank you. Yeah. And And it was a bit bigger than the the uh the baptists were the maybe the noisiest but that was all across the um, evangelical and uh protestant yeah exactly right the majority if you want exactly right and he had to basically tell everybody look you know like me or, or not no i'm i'm not here as a catholic i'm here as the head of the country i'm here as an american then again this was also back in the day when you know, noble ideals like that actually meant something. God, and it sounds so weird saying it that way. But um, what I'm what I'm seeing here is um, a cyclic dynamic of you know a, manip- a manipulation of ignorance because politicians they have to cater to ignorance to get elected, especially if the ignorant make up of majority of the population um and doesn't that suck you play to uh, your base yeah but you know you have a choice between when you're faced with an ignorant opinion or ignorant uh, quote-unquote consensus um you have a choice between educating and uh manipulating and i guess Things are tending towards the latter these days, because if you have an ignorant base, um, you can manipulate them in other ways than political, uh, like through the press or whatever, through the web. And that's cyclical, because um, if you misinform the public, then that's going to transfer onto whatever politician is going trying to be elected. He has to cater to that disinformation which means he's going to repeat it, which almost makes it quote-unquote fact. For people who don't know how to make value judgments for themselves, it's all the same thing. Everything's a concept. And it's just, it's utterly, utterly annoying. But it's spinning out of control. I mean, since Trump was elected, um, yeah, we're at a crossroads. Well, we have been since uh, probably Reagan. But well, it can go either way. It's going to spiral down into totalitarianism, you know, well, by theocratic rule or whatever, or you know, or we're going to get better educated. My, um, that's the clear split in the population nowadays. That's where the line lies. I drove. Uh, I drove my son down to uh, school 
earlier today because it was a homecoming dance. And I went and I picked him up. And I don't know if it was a student's truck or if it was a student's parent's truck. Either way, it still didn't bode well because it's one of these modified pickup trucks with uh, larger than normal wheels and jacked up a little bit to take advantage of that. A dick mobile. Of sorts. But they had mounted into the back a Trump 2020 flag flapping out the back of it. (laughs) And I had seen similar versions, but I had not seen the writing near the bottom of it that said, no more bullshit. To answer the question about would we see AOC sit down and have a beer with Mr. Trump? And I say that with a really, really hard time trying to keep my bile down right now. No. No, we can't. And just like with the context and nuance, and there's a reason why there are stereotypes out there, because the likelihood of that being productive in any way, shape, or form is virtually nil. Mm-hmm. Like his entire presidential term, it's just one big fucking gullibility test. It's I'm worse. sure he'd like to he I'm sure he'd like to have a beer with anyone who's that he can manipulate. And he but would as buy soon as you start to yeah. And as soon as you ask him any question he doesn't like and all that, well, that beer is over. Well, it would be, and plus it would be Trump beer, so. I don't think that's when he actually got involved. He did he did vodka for, oh, wait, that one went, uh, that one went to Trump tits up, too. Trump beer. Yeah. Well, who well, knows? I mean. He did steak. No, steak went tits up, too. Yeah. Uh, how, does one, how does one bankrupt a casino? Still haven't been able to. Get it there. takes a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if there's one thing that we know, we we collectively on this call know, we know that gambling is all about statistics, and the statistics in gambling, even if just slightly in some cases, are always on the house's side. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't gamble. Well, why can we, excuse. mere mortals, you know, uh, look at this with a critical eye, but as voters can or will not? Two, three words. Cult of personality. He has made it yeah. acceptable for these racists and sociopaths in our society I think to, everybody to show that off. Uh, I don't want to dig in too deep here, but I mean, um, no, why the hell not? We're already down deep as it okay, is. In the, you know what? Uh, let me, let, let me, uh, let, let Joseph finish. Go first. ahead, Joseph. Yeah. Well, it's about, you know, I'm always going back to the same thing again. You know, either you, you make value judgments for yourself on your environment or you let somebody else do it for you. And 
your sphere of judgment is basically limited to your your own comfort level, you know, and that basically transforms everybody into a sociopath, psychopath, whatever you want. If you can't think beyond your own little bubble, and you can only compare to to other people's bubbles or whatever's happening around you, and you you can't decide for yourself what's right or wrong, good or bad or whatever, and you let somebody else tell you all this shit, uh, well, you have the state of the things today, I think. Stephanie's also got a thing for you over there, by the way. Joseph, but thinking is hard work. And this dovetails into what I was saying. Yeah. And then we get into neuroplasticity, but anyways. Well, uh, uh, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. That's, 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 a, that's a totally different animal. Sorry? Neuroplasticity is about retraining your brain after certain periods of time. No, it's, and a, such. No, it's, a, it's, how, it's actually an extension. It, thinking is hard work. But thinking over time is neuroplasticity. Building of thoughts built on thoughts built on thoughts built on thoughts. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, if you if you want to find the road to reason, okay, you have to start. And I'm arguing that uh, a good lot of the population hasn't even started. Okay. There is a lack, and oh boy, I cannot believe I, I, I'm I'm dating Dude, myself. Dude, it's this show. Anything goes. You know that. No, I know, but by saying this, I'm echoing every parent that I ever grew up around. There's a like my friend's parents. For reason. Lack of personal responsibility. Yes. And that goes beyond religion, you know. Uh, oh, it no, it is life, okay? Yeah. Thinking is hard. You know what? Life is hard. There's a reason there's a reason of the truth behind the term life is suffering because there are, look at all of us. Uh, well, we're a minority. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. We're, we're in the other no. group too. So, you know, it's but, like no, people but, like but here's the thing, just intelligent enough to make things difficult for myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the majority of us, Monday through Friday, we work. We get up in the morning. We go to a place where we do something. At the end of that day, it is, we get a little tally that every two weeks we get money. And that money allows us to pay our bills. It allows us to buy our food. It allows us to put gas in our vehicles, which, again, are purchased with that same money. It allows us to pay for the mortgage, for the houses, or the rent, depending on your situation. We can't sit seven days a week surfing the internet or ordering from DoorDash to get our food. We actually have to go out and do it. We also have to keep our house in order. We have to make sure that we have clean dishes, clean clothes. We actually have to sweep the floors, vacuum the carpets. There are things that we have. It's called adulting. Okay. And if we have children, it's, you know, we got to do stuff for them too. So where's the me time? Where's the time for me? Why can't I sit on my ass for nine hours a day and just 
watch YouTube or watch Netflix. Oh, adulting is so hard. And a lot of these, a lot of these people also, they take for granted the fact that we have things like the internet. We have things like delivery of just about every kind of food that's out there. You know, we even have food subscription services these days. You know, like HelloFresh and stuff like that. You know, like you don't even have to go shopping for the stuff. If you want, uh, you can just go, oh, I think for this month, I'm going to want this, 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 and this. And then it all shows up. It's all nice and flash frozen. And then you just thought what you need to, to cook the food according to the directions. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah, Blue Apron, same thing. Are they, now, are they sponsoring the show? No, uh, no. <laughs> if they were, if they were, we'd lose it right now because I don't hold. Look, I don't hold a lot of these guys in a very positive light. I think it's cool. I think it's a good way to learn about things. But the fact is, there is such a huge amount of complacency these days, where we don't have to do a lot of the stuff that you know we even had to do twenty years ago. Comfort bubble. Uh Bubble of convenience, I want to say. Yeah, but it's the same thing. It's like everything within your eyesight or nose sight or whatever sensory sight. Um, And anything beyond, you know, people will buy what they're shown. Yeah, but now it's getting to a point where people who are of the age where they can, you know, start being, you know, in the public light, where they can be politicians, where they can be these kind of people they're they're walking into this with absolutely no idea of what it took for us to get to that point i i don't want to sound condescending but i really get the impression in people even 10 years younger than me there there's an increasing lot of them they, they seem like old children yeah. I mean, I some people I've met, I've, I've just, um, especially this technological area, I just, them and I'm going like, how the fuck do you get by in life? I mean, if you can't even figure out something that's on your desktop. Um, yeah, back in the day before. Yeah. <clears throat> well, something on your desktop, basically a computer or anything you have in front of you is basically a puzzle for somebody who's never learned about it but i mean um ah, where am i going with this but that it seems relatively easy to to pick yourself out of a um, computer dilemma you know where do i drag this folder or whatever or which setting do i put like back in our day uh, when we were kids you know we our our quote-unquote real life problems were a bit more complex involved a bit more thought and a lot more movement well you know, it, I can, it seems to have the same emotional charge, which is really weird for me because you know people confronted with a computer problem, I get as much emotional reaction from them and as people in a real, a real, real life dilemma. You know, well, when when people anthropomorphize their computers to the point, like if the net goes down and they absolutely freaking lose it because they've suddenly lost their connection to the real world. 
Yeah. No, what they consider their their world. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. When you see people like that, or you know, um, when the punishment for when you're when you punish a kid by taking away their cell phone and their twelve. This is what I worry about, is that those who are expected to govern or who are expected to be in positions of leadership in the political sphere, they have to have an understanding of the history. And it has to be, and they, they have to acknowledge that of how things have worked in the past. Because look, a country does not make it past 200 years without having picked up a little bit of wisdom along the way and understanding there are some things that historically have worked in the past. And that a lot of those things, now, uh, uh, many of those things should continue. This is not to say that you can branch out to, you can't branch out to something new, no. But you got to get that foundation in there. You got to get people in there who understand how the present system works so that you can get there and then effect change mm. if possible. Unfortunately, a lot of people who get elected, they have these grandiose plans, these wonderful promises, these, oh boy, I'm about to shoot myself here. These Elon Musk grade promises of a better world. And then the second they get into office, they either say, eh, fuck it. I'm here now. Who cares? Or they finally get the books opened up and they go, shit, we're in worse trouble than we thought. Well, not much I can do about it. Well, they face total opposition for, you know, when they want to enact or whatever they, and, and, and the thing I have about that, Joseph is, do they face opposition because they haven't thought it through or because, or, or is it because it's against my narrative? Uh, well, if you're talking about the U S it's a bit more complicated than that. Because, <laughs> well, um, Canada is no different. If, if you're rational, you know, you expect the other team to play by the rules too, but if they don't, um, you're screwed, which is why a Republican minority could, basically block everything uh like for example Obama tried to put through yeah, yeah a, but go ahead yeah there's a there's a thing that has kind of been run, running around my head for a, a little bit here Joseph you are old enough to remember uh, I'm I'm assuming for a second because I don't know where you were or or if culturally it made it your way the TV shows from the 70s that are at this point iconic like mash i'm assuming that you grew up and you had seen mash oh that that was just yeah okay Um, that that was one of the few shows my parents would love me to watch okay um how about all in the family yeah i saw a few of those too okay um i didn't like that no it's okay Uh, let me kind of branch out a little bit further from a couple of these and see if these ring a bell for you at all um, Golden Girls. No, hold on, hold on. Too far ahead. Um, no. Rhoda. No. Okay. The Jeffersons. Yes. Okay. Um, 
That bothered me too. There's another one I was trying to think of it. I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. All right. Anyway, the reason I'm kind of bringing these up is that the mid seventies, we had a number of, uh, a number of TV shows like mash all in the family, Rhoda, um, they, they uh, all the Jeffersons. Moral yes. dilemmas. They were always examining moral. Even Star Trek did that. Yes. They were looking at the character of people mm-hmm. and how they dealt with life. Admittedly, they were not always based on reality. Some things were, but a lot of things were not. Because, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, you've got to you've got to come up with a storyline for the show because, well, you got to come up with whatever. But at the time, these were in the social consciousness, and they challenged us to better understand other people and, by extension, ourselves, which is what. Uh, good quality science fiction should be doing, which is explore the human condition, hold up uh, a circus mirror to ourselves. We don't recognize it's us, but we can see what's going on and start to think about it and then put the put the pieces together for ourselves. A moral dilemma is a moral dilemma, no matter how you dress it up. Yes, but looking at a moral dilemma... A, uh, rephrase, looking at a moral shortcoming in the funhouse mirror where you don't recognize that it's your own shortcoming gives you the opportunity of looking at something much more dispassionately, understanding it better, and then realizing, oh, wait, this is me that we're talking about. Oh, this is, I don't like this. Where you know, going- Star, Star Trek, Actually, Star Trek did this. It examined the problem of racism in a much more effective way than the Jeffersons ever did. What's that episode in Star Trek where there's the... Let this be uh, your last battlefield. Where people are black on one side of the face and white on the other. Yes. And they were fighting against the the ops. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. Okay. Um, I'm not that much of a enthusiast uh, <laughs> i got it <laughs> i am uh yeah. and uh one of the people that was on that was uh, frank gorshin otherwise known as the riddler the only good riddler thank you very much but that even that <clears throat> even if i don't remember the name of the episode that that stuck with me yes exactly right and the reason why i'm kind of bringing this up is like you were saying people who are 10 years our junior overall didn't grow up with that as part of their their cultural uh, makeup, their cultural upbringing, the same way that we had these, where we were challenged. With, we were confronted. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we don't have this comfort. Now we're in an we're in an era of complacency instead of confrontation. We're not. Um, we're not. We're not called to question anything anymore. No, we're actually. We're more, we're, we're more being told what to think. Well, part of the problem is that, and... and what model to follow, well, to imitate. 
and and Bridget, you you I don't know if you're going to have anything to say on this one. Comparatively speaking, going by the sci-fi model, we're much more living in the dystopia that we were always afraid of with what we saw back in the day. Might you think that? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely living in a dystopia. Well, I'm... <clears throat> by comparison. Yeah, things, things are make sure going that, that way. Yeah, I want to well, make sure that I put this out there. By comparison... We do not have we do not have uh, Brondo out there watering the lawns. We don't yes. have uh, yet. Yeah. We don't have um, the sleeper waking up in his uh, in his uh, sarcophagus and, and diddling his his uh, adoptive niece or whatever. Anyway, uh, we don't have uh, we don't have guys in hockey pads drinking milk and singing singing in the rain again. <laughs> Yet, yes, there's some there's some references and all that. Well, well done. I'm sure there's some drunk Canadians up there. Anyways, well, I don't know. Hockey season hasn't started yet, right? Well, yeah, not yet. No, it's getting close. Yeah. Oh, if you're wearing hockey pants when it's raining, it has yeah, yeah. have to be. Um. <coughs> anyways, but <coughs> what I wanted to say is that this the the right. I know. Those who would be leaders over the ignorant, um, they would like us to believe that this dystopia, actually, our dystopia is their utopia. They would like to tell us that it's already there and it's making a lot of noise. You know, the religious right is making a lot of noise. But if you look at the actual numbers, um, you would see that they're they're actually they're still in the minority. But if we're going to believe the noise level that they're they're trying to make, um, if we take it for reality, then uh, and, and throw in the towel, well, they're going to win. But well, we really really have to look at uh, the actual state of things before even answering their noise, you know, because if they put out bullshit and we spend time talking about it when it's just bullshit. Um, that's actually giving them, even that's to their credit. We're adding to the noise. But anyways, yeah. We have, we have to take a real state of the, the situation. Therein lies part of the problem, doesn't it? The fact that we've got to deal with this at all. At this point in... I'm going to sa- separating the bullshit from the reality is it takes responsibility. It takes thought. It takes, it does, mm-hmm. but time, but is there something wrong that I look at this and I say, why the hell are we still doing this? I mean, we, we had to have all seen the memes at this point that are just like, you know, welcome to 2017 where we've got to say, yeah, guess what? Nazis are still bad. Yeah. Guess what? Vaccinations work and they're, effective and safe yeah you know this this is good this is the way that things are this is reality the earth is an obloid spheroid god i actually said that right the first time wow alcohol does wonders for your brain sometimes let's it work and it just it seems like common sense is not very common anymore and people are willfully ignorant Uh 
I've always and, hated that term. And Sorry. I'm really tired of the endless war, and it looks like we're going to have even more of it. And how much is enough? I got into a I got into a thing. Eighteen on, years isn't that enough? Uh, yeah, I got into a thing about gun regulations on one of the platforms that I frequent. I'm not going to name which one because I'm I'm not going to go that angle right now. But the person that was originally posting was uh, saying things along the lines of, if you go ahead and see about removing guns from the population here in the United States, you're looking at Civil War II, you're looking at a bloodbath all up and down because people will refuse to do that. Because, I think we're looking at it anyway. Because, for whatever reason, and I'm going to keep saying this one, and Joe might back me up on this one, for whatever stupid reason, the United States still still bends a knee to the to the great the great uh, religion of the pew pew machine. But I think. When you tie, you can tie this back into what I was saying earlier. When it's when it when your entire world <coughs> is comfort bubble, and it's everyone for themselves. Um, you know, basically owning a gun. You know, and people subconsciously or consciously, whether they want to admit it or not, it's the ability to either take other people's shit or defend yourself against people who are trying to take your shit. And I think both need to be dealt with. I mean, even before we get to, to, to an issue of guns, who would want to take, why would you want to take other people's shit? And why are the people who want to take your shit? Oh, we're not going to go down that uh, that angle even right before, now. Or if we were back in the days of spears and bows and arrows and all that, um, it, it basically comes down to that. I mean, it was still happening. Then uh, the Native Americans, you know, there were certain tribes that would. Well, yeah. um, here's one. But before you hit that really quickly, Trippin mm-hmm. had said, still doesn't seem right looking at soldiers' uniforms and the flag is still stars on right. Um, me, me, Joe, if you could just not sniff into your bike while it's live. Sorry. Thank you. Don't do coke on air, please. Yeah, it's not the eighties anymore. Um, for for what is worth, tripping, it it wasn't during this current presidency, to the best of my recollection. But I have actually seen people who have hung their United States flags upside down. Yep. For those of you that, for whatever reason, don't understand that. That is the international maritime signal for distress. Yep. So you keep keep that in mind. Uh Joe, if 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 you're not sniffing down on stuff, what was it you wanted to say? No, I was just apologizing for trying to clear my nose there. What kind of yeah, I posted something in chat because I wanted to talk I, I just wanted to mention um, the makers of the AR-15 yep. are going to stop making the AR-15. One of the makers. Yes. And that's uh, specifically Colt, as I remember right. Yes. And 
making it for the civilian market. Yeah. Now, cynically, because I'm allowed, because I'm old, screw you. This becomes a case of see a need, fill a need. Yep. It's a great gesture. In a way. Uh, personally, I think, um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think by naming it the AR-15, whoever marketed this gun got it wrong. Joe? That was AR stands for Armalite, does it not? Armalite rifle originally, yes. Okay. Now, that, group? Hmm? now go ahead. No, uh, different companies, of course, have defined that in a different way, but the general, because Armalite was the first one to produce the rifle, AR is typically referred to as Armalite. But, yeah. you know, other companies have different naming uh, conventions. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people would would say that if you said, okay, if I say AR-15, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What do they say? Assault rifle. And I think there are a lot of people out there who would equate the AR with that because it evokes the right fear response. Now, I, I'm not advocating anything here, okay? But at the same time, I'm also a big advocate of get your facts straight before you, because we've talked about this. There are rifles out there that look like hunting rifles that are on par as powerful as this gun. I would submit that the main reason they're going after this one is aesthetics. I, 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 I give you a counter proposal, Captain Kirk, uh, Admiral, Ad, Admiral, Admiral. I saw an old guy who had a protest sign that he had done. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something on the order of gun, uh, gun owner for 60 years, NRA member for 50 years, never shot 19 deer at once before, banned the AR-15. And it's, it's an interesting idea. Because if the civilian use is for protection, that's one thing. But if they want to go ahead and say that it's ostensibly it's best, and I'm using this in scare quotes for a second, best use is for hunting, who's going to be able to shoot how many deer at once? No. No, it's not meant for hunting at all. No, it's not. But there are so many that will say, that's what I want to use it for. Uh, and you're you're I, allowed to use... Okay, hold on. Let me, let me uh, rephrase that. No, no hold, me, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me rephrase and, and clarify. Go ahead, go ahead. There are regulations you have to follow here in the U.S. when you go hunting for various games. There are certain weapons that you're allowed to use. There are certain weapons you're disallowed to use. For instance, there are certain types of bows you can use for hunting deer. 
there is a certain time when you're allowed to use bow hunting for deer, which is before guns are allowed. And then there are certain types of guns that you are allowed to use and not allowed to use because, amongst other things, safety and, well, you don't want um, all kinds of explodey guts all over the place because a shower of red poof. It depends very much not only on uh, the type of gun, but basically it, it differs state by state. Now, it's very similar across all states. Some states have a requirement that, you know, your gun has to be a bolt-action hunting rifle. Therefore, it can't be semi-automatic. I've I've got a I've got a I've got a sh- I've got a sh- I've got a shotgun. It it, yes, no. it won't work. That you know of. Uh, Just don't look down the barrel when you try to clean it. No. No. I mean, but, if 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 my brother was right and it would take a pair of vice grips to hold onto the bolt in order to free it enough to use it after it's been fired once, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, yeah. Sounds like a bad sear. Yeah, anyway, I'm I'm giving Sears consideration to selling it, but that's a whole other thing. Talk to me later. Anyway, um, the uh, the thing that I definitely want to get at is that there is no state that I'm aware of that allows you to go recreationally hunting or for subsistence hunting, for that matter. With an AR-15. Now, the only thing that I've seen the AR-15 approved for, personally, is as a range gun. Or, or, or a ranch gun, perhaps, is the better term. Uh, basically, the idea being, this goes back to another gun that I had mentioned that it's very similar to the AR. Uh, it's called the Mini 14, which is basically a scaled down version of the M14 uh, military service rifle. For those of you not familiar with it, uh, Vietnam uh, post war to Vietnam era service rifle, uh, full rifle cartridge, box magazine, 10 to 20 rounds. Uh, could be fired fully automatic. Not at all recommended. Because not only are you not going to hit what you're aiming at, but you're also going to have to go then find your shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) But the Mini 14 is a civilian version of that rifle in semi-automatic only that fires the same cartridge as the AR-15. And what I've seen both of these used for is as uh, ranch rifles or range rifles. Basically, the idea being that if you're a property owner, especially out in, say, uh, central plain states or uh, into the mountain states, such as Wyoming, Colorado, stuff like that. If you have property, a large ranch, you have livestock, uh, coyotes are a serious problem. Mm-hmm. 
and you need uh, this is hunting as much as it is you know a defense but not necessarily defense against you know criminal activity uh, the idea being that you have this rifle that is easy to shoot uh, easy to shoot has more power than what a 22 can bring to the table is accurate fast firing and can have a high capacity magazine because if you're firing at a coyote, if you're using a bolt action, you might not get a chance for a second shot. And the coyote that you do not deal with today can be eating your livestock tomorrow. That is the only reasonable civilian application outside of personal defense from on a criminal level that I have seen for these rifles. Yeah. I'm pulling up the information uh, from Wikipedia for both the mini 14 and the AR 15. And I am having a hard time trying to find information about the effective range for the 14. Oh, one moment. <laughs> Because looking over the Colt AR-15, according to the specs, the effective firing range is approximately 550 meters, or roughly 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ruger 14... That's, that's, getting, that's getting out to... Pre, uh, yeah, that's getting that's out getting... to... You will hit something, but it may not necessarily be what you're actually aiming at. Well, you, you might you might hit a uh, dinner plate. You might only get it like on the very edge, though. Yeah. If that. Uh, however, if I am not mistaken, again, this is something where it depends on the particular model that you have, the specifics of that model, such as barrel length, uh, or the rifling twist. Right. And, and you know what what particular ammunition you are using at any given time. However, I would imagine that the effective range for both firearms given the uh given barrel length and whatnot being uh congruous between the two of them, that it would be pretty much uh equivalent. Okay, I'll I'll look around again uh, later, just for myself, just for, just for my own edification, because you know it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I want to know about this. Uh, why can't I find it? Uh, I really want to go look. Oh, that's right, I'm in the middle of a show. I really shouldn't be doing that right yeah. now. Like, like a hunting rifle. My, I've had relatives who have hunted. My dad hunted. My brother hunted. He still hunts. I've seen the weapons. Uh, they do have, they do have magazines, not quite as big as the Ruger here, but I also know that those, those guns are bolt action. So it's squeeze, you know, click, click, squeeze again. It, it's not, you know, one trigger or one, one depression, one shot every time you still have to, you, you have to rechamber the, you have to chamber a new roundy on your own. And so, look, hmm? a lot of people judge weapons uh, 
immediately on face value what they look like. Just because a weapon is black and has a lot of plastic parts on it doesn't mean it's all that much. I mean, I've seen people who... <sighs> there's a term we use called... Uh, uh, there's a term we use when somebody overdoes it with uh, accessories for their gun. We call it tacticooling. Makes sense. Pimp my ride the gun version. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure and, we've seen stuff like that on uh, YouTube vids for guys who are doing um, I, 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 I'm uh, sorry. airsoft. I'm sorry, but when you put rails and a red dot and a foregrip and a bipod and a flashlight and a bayonet and all these other things on a muzzle loader, you're starting to lose the point. Yeah, it looks scary. Not going to do much, though. I've always wanted to see somebody trying to trying to ram a muzzle loader and and have the interior so hot that the stupid thing actually fires off and takes the the rod straight uh, up at no, us. No, no, no. I would. I'm saying no. I would like to see that. No, ladies and so, gentlemen. This so long is as why, somebody doesn't get hurt. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why cannoneers of years of uh, years past would ram wet wadding down the barrel. I know. I know. I still think it would be funny as hell to watch that happen. Then again, I'm also suddenly reminded of uh, whatever the hell the guy's name was from the railroad who got the spike through his head. John Gage? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Very famous medical personality. He had uh, it basically got lobotomized the um, railroad TNT way. Long story. I'll have to look that up in a, you know. But yeah, basically, you know, great, great, uh, here you go. Paste, and there we go. You look at these two rifles, and you can tell which one's an AR-15 and which one's a Mini-14. Now, which one looks more dangerous to you? Which one looks like something that somebody will go out and hurt somebody with? Mm -hmm. Because the... I will tell you why I would think people would go for the one in black. And I'm not going to do the whole Princess Bride thing about this. Two reasons. One, the scope, obviously, with, with the one that's on here. Mm-hmm. Two, and this is going to sound stupid, but I'm going to go with the whole ninja aspect. If you're in the dark or even in some shadow, it's harder to spot something that's a very dark color. It yep. makes it harder to pick out, especially if you happen to need to adjust your sight because, well, you know, you're in the sun, for instance. That's just me. That's just me talking. What I am going to go over here is simply enough that the majority of the differences that people immediately look at between these two rifles are strictly cosmetic. 
you can get a different stock for an, uh, for a Mini 14 to give it a polymer uh, rail or a pistol grip or a f- collapsible stock or anything like that. You can add a scope to it and all these other things. The, o- the only functional difference between these two fi- uh, firearms is their uh, operation. The Mini 14 it operates on direct blowback. And the uh, AR-15 uses gas and pingman. But as far as fire rate goes, both of them are semi-automatic rifles that will fire as quickly as you can pull the trigger. Um, Both of them fire the same cartridge. Both of them have roughly the same muzzle velocities. And both of them have the ability to use high-capacity magazines. And when I say high capacity, I'm not just talking 10 or 20 or 30 rounds. There are there are drum magazines that hold as many as 200 rounds for both of these. We're uh, we're getting we're getting pretty close to actually we're just about at the top of the hour so we got to we got to wrap real quick. Uh Joe, I ask you, I ask you one quick question before I have to, you know, get everybody yeah, for any kind of last thing. Um, your professional opinion, as someone who has worked with weapons of warfare, and yes, I'm leading the bit at this point, and I don't care. What civilian purpose does a barrel of two hundred? bullets serve in a civilian context there is none there is no situation in general civilian life where you're going to need a 200 round drum magazine now the the enjoyment factor of going to the range and popping off that many yeah sure why not yeah i mean hell there's the big sandy shoot down in arizona where folks that own machine guns take all their big toys to go play yeah earlier arlie army used to be a big fan of that event but you, you no you you won't go hunting coyotes with 200 round drums sorry and, unless you're a really really bad shot like I said, these are when I when I'm talking about these being used as ranch rifles. Basically, coyotes and wolves. That's it. Vermin, be- effectively. Be- well, well, predators. You you wouldn't use this on a rabbit. You wouldn't use no, no, it no. on groundhog. And, and and I'm well. I'm, hold on. I, I'm saying vermin <laughs> as in um, an invasive animal that you don't want on your property that is going to do damage. Oh to your property or livestock. Yes. So yeah. it could be uh it could be a fox, it could be rabbit, it could be a whole bunch of possible things, but it's a it it, it will pretty well do the job. And yeah. for for all our Rambo badasses out there, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and take your 200 round drum and fire at a bear. See if you'll do anything but piss it off. <laughs> Unless Unless you're really good shot, or really lucky, and 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 right there, right there, over and over and over again, 
if you can actually, hit, you know what, hit them in the eyes, I, and congratulations, now you've got a blind, pissed off barrel of fur that's ready to go ahead and rip anything it can hear, and can still and can still smell better than you. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know, for, for those for those two hundred magazine gun nuts, you know, slightly deranged people, I would almost encourage that behavior. Just you know, so that. We could have a Darwin Awards show or something, you know. The reason, uh, I need content. <laughs> the whole reason behind the 200-round drum magazine is simply because they could. Yeah. Because, look, I did eight years, served three combat tours. We use, at most, 30-round magazines. If you can't get it done in 30 rounds, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, what 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 are you doing in the army? The only the only practical use for s- truly high volume magazines like that was for machine guns and this ain't it. Most most of the m- most of those were uh, Warsaw packed, simply because they didn't have the uh, fine tooling uh, mechanisms to mass produce linkage the way that we use for our. Firearms, America and most NATO nations, we don't use uh, drum magazines because there's too many things that can go wrong with them. And the other thing too, both of these weapons, like the the um, uh, what is it, the tactical? Yeah, the tactical version of the Ruger and the AR-15 mm-hmm. are both semi-automatic. You, I don't, you can't even get burst fire in these things. Mm-hmm. So, two hundred rounds, you're pulling the trigger for each one of those rounds. Like you're, you're going to sprain your finger before you rip through that magazine. Maybe. And you get I, a very I, sore finger and you're going to be looking for your shoulder afterwards too. Maybe there, mm. there is, uh, there is the possibility depending as to how sensitive the trigger is, you could conceivably one, two, one, two, one, two, and use two fingers. I, you'd have to have well, very see- small fingers. Well, see, hold on. Since you brought that up, there is something I want to address, and that is called bump stocking. Yeah, that's mm, a whole other yeah. thing. Specifically, it is illegal for average Joe to own a automatic weapon of any uh, any firearm that fires more than one round per one tr- pull of the trigger is illegal for most people in the U.S. However. Certain what sort certain weapons such as the AR-15, it is possible to adapt the internal workings to allow it to fire more than one at a time. Uh, but what commonly uh, gets used, especially in these kind of criminal enterprises, is what's called bump stocking, which is taking a semi-automatic weapon like these. And putting a stock on it that effectively allows the majority of the weapon to recoil in the inside the stock, and with your trigger hand on the stock, your hand and the stock doesn't move. The rest of the rifle, however, all moves. So the rifle is effectively you don't have to move your finger at all because the trigger's moving instead of your finger moving the trigger. Would it be fair to say that it's effectively firing itself at that point? It's a, it is a not 
very effective, but a plausible means of turning a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. In action, if not actual mechanics. Yes. All right. Uh, and real quickly, Stephanie had also pointed out uh, high volume fire is made is is to make the opposition keep their heads down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's suppressive fire. Yep. And if there's one thing that we've learned from playing XCOM, that don't always work. This is as much levity as I can put into it right about now. Um, Dallin and Joe. Yeah, Dell and Joe and I have had uh, uh, enough to talk through uh, up mm-hmm. to this, the, the last piece of this all. Uh, Joseph and uh, Bridget, either one of you got uh, something that you want to go ahead and uh, drop in before we just uh, go ahead and close it up? Because I'm not even, I've, I've got nothing whatsoever I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with. It's just... mm, not really. Mike Pitt still sucks. So say we all. <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, at, at least in a world that is, you know. And OBS says we are reconnected. Okay. I don't know what happened. We are back and reconnected. YouTube says we're still going. So we just had a, we just had a, a, a drop right there. Um, Bridget, I'm blaming you. Mike Pitts did it, not me. Okay. He sucks. I don't suck. That's thirteen hundred Elmwood Avenue, Buffalo, New York, one four two two two. Dial carefully and good luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Susan. Yeah. Uh, after having considered your original question, which one of these would have the better uh, have the more effective range? Yep. Um, I would have to say. In all likelihood, all all other aspects being equal, barrel length, twist, all that stuff, uh, the Mini 14 would actually have more effective range for one particular reason. Stability. Um, fewer moving parts. As somebody who grew up around cops, um, yeah, fewer moving parts in a weapon is a really good idea. That's part of the reason why when in the 70s and early 80s, when the police force the, in the county where I lived were making the transition from revolvers to semi-auto 9 mils and 45s, yeah, they really didn't like that idea, and they kept their revolvers because, well, when it jams, you, you, you want your backup because you want your backup. Joseph, uh, anything that you wanted to uh, finish out with? before we get out of here? Uh, uh, no. Uh, no. Not anything that wouldn't be a show in itself. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, you know, we spend a lot of our time looking at morals, the morals of doing things. But I think, as mentioned, I think by Bridget earlier on, um, we should look more towards motivation. What motivates our choices? Yeah, it's a that's a really good question. That's mm-hmm. a level below moral, but anyways. Yeah, that's uh, I I can I can well imagine right away that that's gonna be uh that's uh, that's gonna be a deep dive. Yeah, I think it's a necessary one. Eventually, yeah. 
that's going to suck because that's not just the what's motivation now. And also, why has motivation changed and what was it in previous decades and administrations? And oy. I would argue it's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to do it's pretty well the same, but I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah. uh, the, we the we level... should dog hear that one for. The, the, a future episode, though, I think I think it would be fun to check out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll have to see about all that. So, meanwhile, let's just go ahead and call it because um, if if this is the first time I've ever had OBS come up and say, "Hey, I'm not connected anymore. Let me go ahead and do that for you." Okay, I'm back connected again. So, yeah, and Stephanie is uh, also had mentioned that the the entire screen went out of focus. Uh, yeah, uh, that doesn't totally surprise me. Sorry. So with that, we're just going to go ahead and close. This is one of the first times I have not done a closing statement of any kind. So yay, go us. Thank you guys for being with us. We hope that you had something worthwhile to think about for later and you uh, enjoyed hearing our nonsensical ramblings of a lunatic mind. Quoting something about me. I could have been. Yeah. It's collective. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. So, as always, you know, thank you all for being here. Joseph, um, again, glad you were able to make it again. Uh, and um, again, hoping that, you know, things things are going okay over there. I've been a little concerned. Oh, I think things are a little tense. But, um, yeah, well, pulling through. Good man. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. And you too, sir. Yeah, appreciate it. For the record, we don't really believe in luck. It's just a figure of speech. Just whatever. Let it go. Uh, Joey, thank you. I'm glad you're able to make it. And and it's very good that you don't sound like death anymore. So thanks, man. It, take care of yourself. You say that. No, it's I've true. Had myself, but I've had myself muted for most of the show, so. Yes, but even so, you don't sound like death. It, it's those it's those bright little sparks in the middle of the darkness that we so look forward to. It just sounds like death warmed over, but not death. <laughs> That's an improvement. Uh, hey, look, Kenny's not dead. <laughs> We're getting there. What is that look, Stephen? <laughs> really, bitch? We're trying to be nice to the poor guy. You know, I, I, <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? I, I'm going to say, uh, if, if he's offended, he can tell us, let let him tell us if he's offended and the rest of us just go on with our day <laughs> or night as the case may be. That's, that's, this is great. This is great. Bridget. Yeah. You know what? I go ahead. hear a vague sound of simmering. In the background. <clears throat> All I hear is the night in the back of mine. <sighs> and, and my computer. Bridget, do whatever, because, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, well, if you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, that's Bridget Hitch. 
or you can find me on my blog at bridgetsbits2112.wordpress.com. There is not going to be a Beyond the Trailer Park episode this Monday, but there will be one next Monday, and that's at 9.30 Eastern. Don't bother sending her a friend request. She's just a royal bitch to everybody. That's just the way that it is. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be... Oh, look at that. I got, a, I, got a, I got my big stack of CDs over here and I'm just looking at stuff because, you know, I, I, I couldn't be bothered to listen to her bitch ass go ahead and be, you know, we try to be nice to us, each other. You know, you could have gone ahead and you could have said he didn't sell you. You you know what? That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That's the way it is. Hey, Dallin. Yeah. Hi. You're a Hi. nicer guy than. I am. I am. Uh, what? You know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Just never mind. It's fine. Never mind. It's, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you for helping out with everything, man. I appreciate it. Hey, always glad to. Uh, and what he means by I'm helping out, of course, I'm the curator of the audio version of this show over at holycrapvlogcast.com. Uh, this episode should be up tomorrow if all goes well. And for any other thoughts, random conscious dreams, whatever, when I'm just thinking, uh, you can catch that over at inthewind.yo5.ca. Thank you, man. I'm, o- I'm over. On, I'm over. I'm over on this side. The yeah. the the that other 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 way. I'm on, I'm yeah. I'm on the other turn. Face the other. <laughs> I'm 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 waving. Just turn your head and and you over there. Well, I'm I'm looking at YouTube right now to see to where Joseph, you're over there. No, actually, you're over there. (laughs) God, this is what I have to put up with. I give up. You're over there. Hi, whatever. Just, just to shut up. I see you over there. Every time you say in the wind, you know, I, I, I keep on thinking of this French joke. You like classical music? And he, yeah, I like Beethoven. Beethoven in French basically means dick in the wind. <laughs> so. Time to start thinking of a new subdomain, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just own that shit, man. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that one. Anyway. Too tired to think. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty much getting to that point too. So, of course, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, take a swing over to the made website. Website is good, and of course, holycrapthevolcast.com. All of our contact information is over there, and social links and and help us out with uh, whatever. Uh, for those of you that want to go ahead and leave us a voicemail message, feel free. Eight five nine HCTV five five four. 859-428-8554 and of course over at Patreon slash HCTV. <laughs> one of the few items I still remember off the top of my head. Go me! It's an easy one. Because we never get anything over there because, you know, whatever the hell. Uh, there, like I said at the top of the show, man, there's just been way too much stuff going on in the news and if you made it this far, thank you. We know that news burnout is a real thing that has been happening with folks 
we understand that all too well. We sympathize and we're trying our best to give you something other to think about. So for those of you that have been coming here for exactly that reason, thank you. And we'll keep trying to do the best that we can to give you something other than the giant elephant in the room. Yes, that was also a dig all at the same time. So you guys take good care of yourselves, uh, tripping. Thank you, Stephanie. We're waiting to find out if our Supreme Court will give us our democracy back. You know, I'm not one to use that expression very often, but I will use it from your mouth to God's ear. No, we don't believe in a God, but you understand what that means at this point, I'm sure. We're hoping. So, you all take good care of yourselves. Next week is a Power of Ten episode. I am giving serious consideration to us playing Cards Against Humanity again. I'm not quite sure how to set that up, but I'm going to investigate over the next couple of days. But otherwise, you will take care of yourselves. Please be safe. So until next time, of course, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Of course, my lady, too damn many years later, I am still in love. Montane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.